Oh, hello. Good evening, Floki. I hope everyone's doing good to this evening. Um, I got a few articles that I'm going to do some. Oh, uh, I'm going to do and I hope everyone's having a good day. So here we go. Say, can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming? Whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight? For the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming. And the rocket's red glare, the bombs bursting in air, gave proof through the night that our flag was still there. Oh, say does that star-spangled banner yet wave O'er the land of the free And the home of the brave Well, 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 how's everyone doing this evening? I hope everyone's doing good. Um, I got a few articles, some good, some bad, and um, some that I found off the internet and all that fun stuff. So we're going to get this started. Um, the first one is pretty much self-explanatory. Biden said spending by major resignation. The president just lost his Homeland Security chief of staff. And this is from uh, a couple days ago. Yesterday, actually. So this is uh, what's happening. Um, and this article is from the Patriot Journal. From the very start, the Obama administration has appeared disorganized and incompetent. That's an understatement. The people Biden chose to run the federal government are far from qualified. We see what this, what we see in this press department, the Pentagon, and even the White House itself. But perhaps the worst agency of it all. Of all is the DHS, Department of Homeland Security. Biden's DHS is ran by political hacks and who destroyed our southern border. They ignored the flood of migrants entering the country. They have refused to enforce our immigration laws. And when push comes to serve, they transported thousands of strangers to cities across America. And uh, 
if John was here, he would be able to actually um, elaborate on that a little more. From Politico, one of the top leaders of the agency just up and left. From Politico, Karen Olak, Chief of Staff to Department of Homeland Security, Alejandro Marquez announced Monday that she will be leaving for an undeclosed opportunity. In an email, Marquez told DHS officials that Olick has decided to resign her position and pursue new opportunities. We are grateful for Karen for her service during the critical first nine months of the new administration. The DHS only gave vague reasons for the agency's Chief of Staff's sudden departure, it could be she was relieved of duties and, and the resign stick is for the public. Or she might have really be, be resigning after dealing with a horribly mismanaged agency for nine months. Just imagine she couldn't even deal with it for a year. That says a lot. That says a lot. Because you would think they would be able to uh, be able to handle this. Another possibility is that she couldn't handle the job. And we've seen that many times in the Obama administration. He'd pick someone for appearance sake, appearance's sake. They would quickly get overwhelmed and abandon ship. Yeah. And they said it was all... It was worse under Trump. I don't think it was. It would be even worse in Biden's haphazard administration. The man doesn't know what he is doing. He is ignoring what is going on in the country and among his own staff. It is not a stretch to see one of these political appointees flee before it gets really bad. The question that we should be asking is who's next? We know that the DHS is being ran by political hacks that don't care about our border. They are letting in hundreds of thousands of strangers and refuse to do anything about it. The fact remains, we would probably need all of them to resign and get much better leaders. So, hey, Taylor. Yep. I mean, it's that's one of the things, and um, and Rex, if you want to, you can come up here because I shared the link with you in Discord. If you want to come up, you can. You don't have to though. But yeah, the DHS is going to shit already. That says something. And I'm going to do the role. I want to say hi to everyone. Hi, Brooke. Hi, Taylor, Floki, Roger, uh, Rex. I hope everyone's doing good. But, yeah. And everybody that's not chatting but is watching, uh, I want to thank you for coming. But you would think these people would learn that they're not completely in the right with the border but that's 
And speaking of more regulations, well, I guess these people are getting tired of Mr. Biden. <laughs> oh, this is, I think this is funny. I think this one's even funnier. Uh, that won't last long, Roger. You know that as well as I do. You know that won't last. They don't care. They don't care about... Two top vaccine officials resigned from FDA amid political pressure from Biden administration. Let's see what they say at the Daily Caller. The, the Food and Drug Administration's top two vaccine officials are resigning from the agency. A top leader within the agency told staff in a letter Tuesday. Maureen Grober, Director of Office of Vaccinations and Research and Review, OVRR and Phil Christ, OVRR De Deputy Director, will be will leave the FDA at the end of October and in November, respectively. Grover has been with the FDA for 32 years, and Krause has worked at the agency for more than a decade. And what surprises me... Yeah, the two officials are leaving the FDA in part because they are frustrated with the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Oh, I wonder why. Involvement in the vaccine approval process, as well as with White House pressure to move forward with booster vaccinations for COVID-19 without FDA approval, a top a former top FDA official told Endpoint. Grober and Kraus reported believe that the CDC and its advisory committee on immunization practices, ACIP, have been too heavily involved with the decisions on COVID on the jab vaccines that should, not, should be left to the FDA. They report, reportedly became upset with the Center for Bio... Biologics Evaluation and Research, CBER Director Peter Marks, who oversees OVRR for not fighting harder to keep those decisions within the halls of the FDA. Huh. I wonder who tried to, t I wonder who from the CDC tried to take that over. Anyone, anyone have any ideas who tried to take that one over? Hello, Mr. Rex. Hey, what's up? How's it going? Can you guys hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. I'm making sure. I'm just on my, on my vehicle audio. The rift over booster shots emerged after the Biden administration announced earlier this month that they expected to have booster shots for vaccinated Americans beginning around April September 20th, and it is expected most Americans to need a booster 
around eight months <laughs> after. The- <laughs> Yeah. So oh man, it's hilarious. Uh, I wonder the if announcement has been. Yeah, bro. Uh, I I understand. I wonder if they feel dumb yet. Like all the all these. I wonder if they feel stupid. Some of them got to. Some of them probably do. Didn't the CDC or something? I thought I read an article recently that the CDC or somebody was saying that booster shots aren't going to be needed. Like they don't do it. Yeah. Is it not the CDC? Not the the CDC. It wasn't the CDC. It was the FDA that said that. After they did their research. That's what I remember reading, what the article was about. Yeah, that was after they That's did their the research. Was that was the that was the FDA, the two the two people that are leaving at the end here very soon. <laughs> but yeah, you because the last paragraph of this of this there is. Also, disagreement among some medical professors, not early the necessary of boosters for the yeah, general so public. I'm disconnecting at this time. a little bit right now. You guys can hear me or not? I can hear you. If you can hear uh, Rex, uh, give me a one in the chat. But the ethics of providing third doses to some while billions around the world remain unvaccinated. But yeah. My phone, man. I, I'm, just, I'm on shift over here. You're fine. I just wanted you to. But people in the chat are saying they can hear you. So there you go, Rex. Oh, good stuff. Man, I got people pulling up out of nowhere. This is annoying. I'm on a like uh, on a security shift in a parking lot because the landlord is getting pissed. You got a bunch of kids just drinking, chilling in the car, even like having sex in the car. Not to get gross, but <laughs> they, like they having parties uh, out here in the parking lot. Like, whatever happened to a house party? Like, have a party at your crib. I don't know. You got to come to a random parking lot. It's private property. Acting a fool. I mean, I'm good with it. Give me more hours and make me some money. I'll be here to 3.30 in the morning, though. But anyway, yeah, man, this is is funny. It's good stuff. I find it entertaining. You know, I used to get mad when I watched CNN. Now I just laugh. I I look at CNN like it's a comedy show. It pretty much is a comedy show. Yeah, but I used to get mad when I saw it. Now, I couldn't even tolerate maybe watching five to ten seconds of watching CNN. Be able to do it anymore. Now I just laugh at him. Yeah, I believe me. It, I I watch CNN. I watch MSNBC. I watch TYT. I watch all these and everything else, and I just start laughing. I just start laughing. And here's another recognition that's happened about a week ago. I'm on the beginning of this stream, as you can tell. 
is about resignations that's happened. What resignation you think I'm going to be talking about this time there, Rex? I don't know, but I can't wait to find out. Can you see the headline? Which army officer? Millie? No, no, he's the general. <laughs> what? An Which army, army lieutenant colonel's resignation letter is gaining attraction on social media after he used the protest it to protest the jab mandate and what he described as the Marxist takeover of the military. The resignation letter by Lieutenant Colonel Paul Douglas Haig, treated out by his wife and shared with Fox News, said he was resigning from the Army after 19 years. <coughs> I wish it was Millie. I wish it was Millie. Same. Forgoing his pension primarily because of the Pentagon's mandatory order for all U.S. service all U.S. military service members. And here's what it said: First and foremost, I am capable of subjecting myself to the unlawful, unethical, immoral, and tyrannical order to sit still and allow a serum to be injected into my flesh. Against my will and better judgment, Hey, who is stationed at Fort Bragg in North Carolina, wrote in the letter, it is impossible for these so-called vacations, as Taylor would put it, to have been studied adequately to determine the long-term effects. Thank you. Thank you, man. Someone finally said it. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention has has said the vaccines are safe and effective. Haig listed multiple other reasons for his resignation, including what he views as an ideology Marxist takeover of the United States government at the upper echelons and a complete lack of confidence in the... That says something. Someone's pissed off. And Biden administration, which he blamed for the cabal terrorist attacks last month that killed 13 U.S. service members. I would like nothing more to to continue in the Army to reach my 20 years of active federal service and retire with my pension, he read. However, instead, we'll join will join those who have served before me in pledging my life, my fortune, and my sacred honor to continue resisting the eternal and over-malleable forms of oppression and tyranny, both from enemies outside our nation's border and those within. This is the resignation night for this dream. At the beginning of it, there's still more. 
um, his wife, Katie Hips Hag, said he did not resign over a over a vacation. He said he felt the vacation was being used as a political tool to divide and segregate Americans. He then went on to list many other reasons for his resignation, none of which have anything to do with the vacation. Hay confirmed to Fox News that his resignation process has begun and he is still stands by what he said. You're fine, Christina. But what do you think of all these men uh, resigning from their posts within the army, Rex? Oh, man, I'm sitting here trying to kick people out of a parking lot. What did you say? What do you think of all these resignations in the army? that are coming from the army, even guys Hello? that don't even have 20 years, but are willing to give up their pensions. Are they doing the right thing uh, or it. are they doing a I want to, I want to see more. People resigning. I want to serve this illegitimate, tyrannical, I lose out on of the most highly trained pilots of the Air Force, like the stealth bomber flyers and the F-16 flyers. Six of these dudes walked off the job. I think it was many, I don't know. But they walked off the job over the over the, the jab. As in nine. Well, there's... So uh, you know how just one of those pilots? And then also all soldiers on AWOL it's going to be for me. Hey, Rex, are you on Wi-Fi or are you having uh, self-earned service uh, interruption? Yeah, I'm on my phone now. I'm on parking lot. There's no Wi-Fi out here. Uh, because you're coming in and out, in and out. Is why I was asking. You there, Rex? Yeah, I'm here. I can hear you. All right. Yeah, because you're coming in and out, in and out, in and out, and everything. It's. Do you I'm want? On, I'm driving around him. Oh, so your service is getting interrupted from time to time. 
I will give you a few minutes because I'm going to play a video of uh, of Mr. Biden talking with a, cu um, a couple of people. And maybe you'll be able to. All right, here we go. Because they're doing a national security with a couple of uh, other places and it's gonna be fun to realize what the heck's going on and this is from earlier today and i thought i would share it with everyone and get everybody's info what everyone thought about it hi right, sounds good <laughs> i'm very pleased to join friends of freedom and of australia Prime Minister Johnson and President Biden. Today, we join our nations in a next generation partnership built on a strong foundation of proven trust. We have always seen the world through a similar lens. We've always believed in a world that favors freedom, that respects human dignity, the rule of law, the independence of sovereign states and the peaceful fellowship of nations. And while we've always looked to each other to do what we believe is right, we have never left at each other, always together, never alone. Our world is becoming more complex, especially here in our region, the Indo-Pacific. This affects us all. The future of the Indo-Pacific will impact all our futures. To meet these challenges, to help deliver the security and stability our region needs, we must now take our partnership to a new level, a partnership that seeks to engage, not to exclude, to contribute, not take, and to enable and empower, not to control or coerce. And so, friends, AUKUS is born, a new enhanced trilateral security partnership between Australia, the United Kingdom, and the United States. AUKUS, a partnership where our technology, our scientists, our industry, our defence forces are all working together to deliver a safer and more secure region that ultimately benefits all. AUKUS will also enhance our contribution to our growing network of partnerships in the Indo-Pacific region. ANZUS, our ASEAN friends, our bilateral strategic partners, the Quad, Five Eyes countries, and of course, our dear Pacific family. The first major initiative of AUKUS will be to deliver a nuclear powered submarine fleet for Australia. Over the next 18 months, we will work together to seek to determine the best way forward to achieve this. This will include an intense examination of what we need to do to exercise our nuclear stewardship responsibilities here in Australia. We intend to build these submarines in Adelaide, Australia, in close cooperation with the United Kingdom and the United States. But let me be clear, Australia is not seeking to acquire nuclear weapons or establish a civil nuclear capability. And we will continue to meet all our nuclear non-proliferation obligations. Australia has a long history of defence cooperation with the United States and the United Kingdom. For more than a century, we have stood together for the course of peace and freedom, motivated by the beliefs we share, sustained by the bonds of friendship we have forged, enabled by the sacrifice of those who have gone before us and inspired by our shared hope 
for those who will follow us. And so today, friends, we recommit ourselves to this cause and a new AUKUS vision. I'm delighted to, to join President Biden and uh, Prime Minister Morrison to announce that the United Kingdom, Australia, and the United States are creating a new trilateral defense partnership known as AUKUS with the aim of working hand in glove to preserve security and stability in the Indo-Pacific. We're opening a new chapter in our friendship and the first task of this partnership will be to help Australia acquire a fleet of nuclear powered submarines, emphasizing of course that the submarines in question will be powered by nuclear reactors, not armed with nuclear weapons. And our work will be fully in line with our non-proliferation obligations. This will be one of the most complex and technically demanding projects in the world, lasting for decades and requiring the most advanced technology. It will draw on the expertise that the UK <coughs> has acquired over generations, dating back to the launch of the Royal Navy's first nuclear submarine over 60 years ago. And together with the other opportunities from AUKUS, creating hundreds of highly skilled jobs across the United Kingdom, including in Scotland, the north of England, and the Midlands, taking forward this government's driving purpose of leveling up across the whole country. We will have a new opportunity to reinforce Britain's place at the leading edge of science and technology, strengthening our national expertise, and perhaps most significantly, the UK, Australia, and the US will be joined even more closely together, reflecting the measure of trust between us, the depth of our friendship and the enduring strength of our shared values of freedom and democracy. Only a handful of countries possess nuclear-powered submarines. And it is a momentous decision for any nation to have this formidable capability and perhaps equally momentous for any other state to come to its aid. But Australia is one of our oldest friends, a kindred nation and a fellow democracy and a natural partner in this enterprise. Now the UK will embark on this project alongside our allies, making the world safer and generating jobs across our United Kingdom. Thank you, over to you. Mr. President. Thank you, Boris. And, and I want to thank uh, that fellow down under. Thank you very much, pal. Appreciate it, Mr. Prime Minister. I uh, am honored today to be joined by two of America's closest allies, Australia and the United Kingdom, to launch a new phase of the trilateral security cooperation among our countries. As Prime Minister Morrison and Prime Minister Johnson said, I want to thank you for this partnership your vision as we embark together on this strategic mission. Although Australia, the UK, and US partnership, AUKUS, it sounds strange that all these acronyms, but it's just a good one. AUKUS, our nations will update and enhance our shared ability <clears throat> to take on the threats of the 21st century, just as we did in the 20th century, together. Our nations and our brave fighting forces have stood shoulder to shoulder 
for literally more than 100 years. Through the trench fighting in World War I, the island hopping in World War II during the frigid winters in Korea, and the scorching heat of the Persian Gulf. The United States, Australia, and the United Kingdom have long been faithful and capable partners, and we're even closer today. Today, we're taking another historic step to deepen and formalize cooperation among all three of our nations, <clears throat> because we all recognize the imperative of ensuring peace and stability in the Indo-Pacific over the long term. We need to be able to address both the current strategic environment in the region and how it may evolve, because the future of each of our nations, and indeed the world, depends on a free and open Indo-Pacific enduring and flourishing in the decades ahead. This, uh, this is about investing in our greatest source of strength, our alliances, and updating them <clears throat> to better meet the threats of today and tomorrow. It's about connecting America's existing allies and partners in new ways and amplifying our ability to collaborate, recognizing there is no regional divide separating the interests of our Atlantic and Pacific partners. Indeed, this effort reflects a broader trend of key European countries <clears throat> playing an extremely important role in the Indo-Pacific. France, in particular, already has substantial Indo-Pacific presence and is a key partner and ally in strengthening the security and prosperity of the region. The United States looks forward to working closely with France and other key countries as we go forward. And finally, this initiative is about making sure that each of us has a modern capability, the most modern capabilities we need to maneuver and defend against rapidly evolving threats. AUKUS will bring together our sailors, our scientists, and our industries to maintain and expand our edge and military capabilities and critical technologies such as cyber, artificial intelligence, quantum technologies, and undersea domains. Now, as a key project under AUKUS, we are launching consultations with Australia's acquisition of conventionally armed nuclear-powered submarines for its Navy, conventionally armed. I want to be exceedingly clear about this. We're not talking about nuclear-armed submarines. These are conventionally armed submarines that are powered by nuclear reactors. This technology is proven. It's safe. And the United States and UK have been operating nuclear-powered submarines for decades. I have asked Secretary Austin of the Department of Defense to lead this effort for the U.S. government in close collaboration with the Department of Energy and the Department of State. Our governments will now launch an 18-month consultation period to determine every element of this program, from workforce to training requirements to production timelines to safeguards and non-proliferation measures, and to nuclear stewardship and safety to ensure full compliance with each of our nation's commitments under the Nuclear Non-Proliferation Treaty. We'll all undertake this effort in a way that reflects the long-standing leadership in global non-proliferation and rigorous verification standards in partnership and consultation with the International Atomic Energy Agency. So I want to thank the Prime Minister, Prime Minister Morrison and Prime Minister Johnson for their friendship, but mostly important for their leadership and partnership as we undertake this new phase of our security cooperation. And the United States will also continue to work with ASEAN and the Quad, as was stated earlier, our five treaty allies and other close partners in the Indo-Pacific, as well as allies and partners in Europe, 
and around the world to maintain a free and open Indo-Pacific and build a future of peace, opportunity for all the people of the region. We're joining together. Our partnerships are getting stronger. This is what we're about. I want to thank you all, and I look forward to seeing both of you in person very soon, I hope. Thank you. Thank you. And this is what the man does. He does not take questions. He does not do anything that he should do. He just walks off the stage like a little bit with a little like a little dog uh, that's been in trouble. This is why this administration does not get what the American people see. This isn't what we want, but it's what we have right now. Because he is a inept man with that doesn't know what the hell he's doing. You would think as the president of the United States, he would be the first one speaking. It's Rex, it's all right. I understand, bud. I'm not wor because I got a few more articles that I'm going to do here and then I'm going to give send everyone over to Taylor and uh, Warrior Z stream and maybe we'll get some good laughs out of that one. Well, I do have something a little something that happened in um, up in Ohio not too far from where I grew up and this is kind of Kind of nice to see. I see if the video is on here. No, the video is not on here. Darn. I thought maybe I will get the video, but this is this is from the Akron Beacon Journal. And the headline says. Hudson Mayor, school board should resign over material suggesting kids write about sex, um, adult things and drinking. Yeah, they did. The Hudson Mayor is asking all five school board members to resign or face possible criminal charges over a high school course material that he said a judge called child Mayor Craig Schubert made the statement during Monday night's Board of Education meeting after multiple parents complained about, about the content of some writing prompts contained in a book called 642 Things to Write About. Provided to high school students who are taking a college credit course called Writing and the Liberal Arts 2. Parents said they, there was a prompt that asked students to write about a, 
a scene you wouldn't show your mother and another witch said and another which said right about a scene from above into one that you would let your mom read after prompt Another prompt asked the students to drink a beer and describe how it tastes. Parents said they felt these writing prompts and others were not appropriate for high school students. Eh, they're right. The school board said that it was... was um, has been used in the past. Well, parents are starting to wake up and doing what they need to do. House Bill 10 takes effect this month. Lusher said State House Bill 110, which takes effect September 30th, will require school districts to have parents of high school students sign permission slips for College Credit Plus courses, the higher departments of education and higher and higher education are working together to create a permission slip that will notify parents about mature subject material that could be part of the College Credit Plus course. There is not currently such a requirement. That has to be. I'm going to ask this to all the parents in the audience. How many of you, if you had a teenager, uh, a senior in high school that was given something like this, what would you do? What would you do? Would you be upset? Would you want that? What would you guys do? Would you take them out of the class and make... Uh... I want to get your guys' information. What do you think? What do you think? What would you do as a parent if you found out that your student was had materials like that? Yeah, they are stupid assignments for the kids. It's very much a stupid assignment.
Good. Um, I have my mom with me for moral support, and she's going right after me, so it'll be a good She told smooth. me she was coming up, and I said, that's great. <laughs> yes, it'll be a smooth transition. <laughs> that's the next video that I'm going to share. But I want some people to answer the question, because I know a lot. some of you are parents. So what would you do? Would you be mad at the school board? Would you want their resignations? Would you want them to better understand what they're trying to teach their nah, that's what I was thinking. That's what I was thinking. Most of them would. And now one of the things that I love about doing something like this, this young lady was, um, this is from August, from August 10th at the city council meeting. And she, this girl hits it out of the park. Good. Um, I have my mom with me for moral support and she's going right after me. So it'll be a she good told smooth. me she was coming up and I said, that's great. <laughs> yes, it'll be a smooth transition. <laughs> OK, good evening, mayor, city council staff and the people of Temecula. My name is Kiara Mapp. I am 21 years old. I'm a fourth year political science major at San Diego State University, as well as the president of the Turning Point USA chapter and the Students for Life of America chapter there. <laughs> So now you have a general idea of how passionate I am about politics, but this is my first time appearing before my local city council, so I'm very glad to be here and thankful for the opportunity. In all my years of being politically active, which isn't very long given my age, I have never seen so much hate, anger, and divisiveness from anyone as much as I have seen from left-leaning organizations, parties, and individuals. I have been called every name under the sun by people like the science teacher from earlier, simply for my deeply held religious and political views. I have lost lifelong friends. I have had family members cut me off. I have been told I have worms in my brain. I have been called a race traitor, an Uncle Tom, brainwashed, a puppet for white people, a house Negro, and the N-word with the hard R, which I won't say out loud. And the list continues. I will tell you right now, I came here of my own volition. No one, and I mean no one, tells me what to think except for myself, I am an adult. I have faced discrimination for my skin color too, not only from white people, but black people, Hispanic, Asian, and other races as a child. I know what it's like to be discriminated against. I tell you this because the same people who call me these names are the same people who advocate for racially hyperfixated organizations like the Ready Commission. When you hyperfixate on race to fight racism, you are no better than the racists themselves. As long as there is evil in this world, thank you. As long as there is evil in this world, there will always be evil people, including racists, and no amount of legislation can get rid of it in its entirety. Of course, we can try our hardest to address it. I will not deny racism exists. There are racist people, there are bad people in this world. But if we are to address racism, we should do it properly. The Ready Commission, from what I've read from their resolution from when they first were created, they believe that underrepresented groups of this community are incapable of communicating with their local government, that some events aren't inclusive enough, and that it is their job to look at everything this local government does with an equity lens. 
Equity, from what I Googled from the dictionary, means something that is just and fair. Their equity lens implies that there are things that this local government does that is not just and fair. And in the short nine months that I've lived here, I have seen that this is further from the truth from this local government. You just saw a diverse group of people come up here and apply for the planning, planning commissioner position. Did the Ready Commission have anything to do with the representation that was here before you just a few hours ago? They all had the equal opportunity to apply for the position, but of course, the outcome was different. The Ready Commission needs to stop acting like they can provide an equal outcome for all. It's just <clears throat> impossible. There is nothing that I, as a black woman, can't do that my white mother next to me can do. She left her life in Australia to start a new one in America. She married my father, who is black, who in turn abused her, my brothers, and me over the course of 20 plus years. They are divorced, thankfully. She got her degree in criminal justice while caring for three children on WIC welfare and food stamps, all while my father couldn't hold a job for more than three months. She served this country in the Navy as our dis working for our local district attorney, where we're from, not from here and our city council. She is my hero who taught me that I'm fully capable of doing anything I set my mind to, which includes walking in here and addressing real problems facing my community and other communities relating to me like the black community. If the Ready Commission wants a more inclusive environment for everyone, then stop talking about things that are out of our control that make us different. Let's talk about societal problems that are in our control that continue to cause this equity gap for the black community, for example. Black single fatherhood rates are higher than ever before because of our welfare system, and this leads to a record high crime rates among young black men. The abortion industry has caused the black population in this country to stagnate for the past several decades since Roe v. Wade. Which is what, thank you, which is what is causing the underrepresentation in all, in all of our communities. And the list goes on and on. Obviously, this city is small compared to the rest of the country, and there's only so much that we can do. But I will leave you with a quote from Frederick Douglass. Where justice is denied, where poverty is enforced, where ignorance prevails, and where any one class is made to feel that society is an unorganized conspiracy to oppress, rob, and degrade them, neither persons nor property will be safe. Please stop telling underrepresented groups that they are victims and let us all be victors. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that girl just hit it out of the park. That girl hit it out of the park with what she said. She, she, the thing about it, these people don't realize what they're trying to do. And they have no idea how much this is going to backfire on them when people start Um, to no, to no end. I know all about the gun memorial, Roger, but that, believe me, that is, is very, um, easy for them 
I love I love that when young ladies like that come up and speak their mind because that shows that they actually have things going on. Because they know what they're doing. Because this is why I, that's, I'm going to end the stream with that one. Because that lady just, she pretty much told them what it is. Because they have destroyed families and everything else. Because they don't understand what the heck's going on. But um, I might do a live later in the week. I might do one Friday or might. I don't know yet. Depends on what's going on because I have a few things I have to do the next, uh, tomorrow. But thank you everyone for coming. And for all of those that are on YouTube. Um, if you want to go support Taylor and Warrior Z. Here's the link for that one. I hope everyone has a good day. And remember, be nice to one another. And stick up for one another because we are in this together.